Hi, my name's Cole. I'm the writer and creator of The Town Whispers. Now before today's episode, I would just like to take a moment and send a special thank you to a few of our Patreon members. Felix Alario, Cole Lynn Schoten, Lie, Damn Lies and Stats Weird, Rena, and Paul S. The Fort Town Council thanks you for your continued support. If you'd like to join our Patreon, head on over to www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers for additional rewards and exclusive content. Now on to the show. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. Behind that rain and those trees is a place named Sanctum, a holy place to the black leech witches and their corruption has been spreading. Because of this, listener discretion is advised. Once upon a time, there was a family of secluded souls that lived separate from the rest of town. They were known by the surname of Blackleach. They'd been in the fort as long as anyone could remember, and they'd been spoken about in hushed tones, the subject of gossip and urban legend for about as long. Some said the Blackleaches were French Huguenots who fled France before weaving their way across the New World until they landed in their little muddy hut, where they were thought to have lived for generations in hiding. Others told the darker story, that they were the descendants of a lower noble family in the Prussian Empire, that the originator of the clan had fled his homeland after gutting his father and claiming his title for himself. Both stories had the black leeches on the run, that they hid because they had to. No matter how long they'd lived in the fort, it always been the same questions, the same stories. What are they hiding from? Or rather, what are they hiding? Truth is, when the air of conspiracy had cleared, after a few evening drinks, when it was time to end the conversation, as far as anyone knew, the black leeches were nobodies. They'd been born in the mud, lived and died in the mud. Not a single black leech had ever made a name for themselves ever, and that was the truth of the townsfolk of the fort. For many generations, no one knew what they did or where they came from. 
No one knew what they ate or how they lived. The black leeches didn't attend church on Sundays and certainly weren't hosting dinners in their collection of rotten, frail shacks they'd cobbled together like some transient caravan of stuck and de-wheeled wagons. The black leech children, of course, attended primary school. They learned to read at a basic level and write. Maybe they got so far in math as to be able to do simple multiplication. But as soon as the clan was able, they yanked them out and kept those black leech children busy doing God knows what. So how was anyone to know what exactly it was that they got up to? Half of the fort didn't care and the other half were too afraid to ask. How was anyone to know all the history that the croaking frogs of Burns Bog could tell? If only someone would listen. If only someone would ask. When honesty was in the cards, for friends in the darkening hours of twilight sat on a porch, if they were blunt, they might express just how much more dull life would have been if they had known all the answers to the questions surrounding those dirty black leech. The world needed mystery, so they'd never asked and would never seek answers. And so, the black leeches, simple as that, became the witches and warlocks, the smugglers and criminals of each fireside story. And nearly every child for near on a hundred years had heard some version of a terrible tale, or one of its many iterations that had the black leeches stealing bad children away from their beds in the night, to eat them out in Burns Bog. If only they knew the truth, because fact was much stranger than any fiction their minds could muster. Edith Blackleach was a nostalgic woman, and while her words were twisted worms, and her eyes seemed to skip from sky to ground and then drift about as if they followed a little fly, her mind was sharp and agile as it recollected the smell of the rotting floorboards, the baritone tremor in her father's laugh, and the smell of the bog water after a rain stirred up the allergies and sent spring tadpoles into frenzy. Peggy walked beside Edith, staring up at her, no longer having to squint to make out the edges of her nose and chin from the forest greenery behind her as she'd had to do before the sun rose. She thought she'd be older. When she'd first heard Edith's voice, she thought she sounded much younger. But Edith's skin was marked by the signs of age the crow's feet in the corner of her eyes and the twisted coarse gray hairs peppering her dark long and matted hair. And then there was the pinched skin of chronically pursed lips. Would Peggy ever look that way? Would she ever be so old? She thought to herself as she walked beside the elderly woman. They were silent as they walked. At times Edith would close her eyes without breaking her stride. It seemed as if she breathed in the sounds and smells of the forest and swelled, her body becoming fuller, her face becoming younger, her stride becoming smooth as if the arthritis in her knees was easing in the damp air. Peggy wasn't sure who the woman she walked with was, but she, she trusted her. Whether that was foolish or some instinctual understanding she had of the woman, she didn't know. 
but when she'd heard her voice, Peggy, too young to think such cynicism despite all that had happened to her in her short life, decided unconsciously to take the helping hand. What else was she going to do after all? She couldn't go home. She couldn't tell her mother what had happened to Tom. And if she did, would Mildred even care? Her mother had changed. She didn't know how her insides had twisted and why, but she could see the sunken look in her mother's eyes and the cold body language each time she saw Peggy. Her shoulders would tense. She'd hold her breath. Peggy would step closer to whisper, I love you the most the way she used to, but as she did, her mother would turn away. Peggy's mother had changed. Tom was dead. Ben was gone. She'd killed her father. Now she walked alone into the dark and dense forest surrounding the fort, feeling homesick for the safety and the knowing that if she felt her parents would pick her up and brush off her knees. What had been a normal childhood had descended into chaos, and her mind felt frayed and cracked. If she had had the words to express her anxiety and the feelings of impending madness, she might have indulged those feelings, let them consume her. But the anxiety that gripped her chest was only known to her as a terrible and uncomfortable tightness. A physical sensation, not an emotional one. And like all other physical ailments of childhood, she ignored it. With the morning light and a soft breeze pushing leaves, the light that filtered down scattered itself across their path. Peggy marveled at the shimmering and twinkling shadows and lights that danced and twisted. Had the forest always looked this way? She could hardly remember so much beauty in the world she'd known, in the fort, but with scant left in her life that she loved. Her brothers, her mother, her father, and safety taken from her, she walked with a complete stranger into the woods deep enough that no one would ever find her and where she'd never be able to leave if she got lost. Finally, she found her mind quiet enough and her eyes keen and willing to take in the beauty that there truly was around her. As Peggy continued to marvel at the light and shadows as they danced and dazzled her, the trees parted into a large clearing. Peggy stood beside Edith, with her jaw hanging open as she took in the grandeur of the scene in front of her. A massive clearing, with hard-packed earth covered in tightly woven moss mottled with greens and browns where the leaves had fallen and began to rot on the ground. In the center stood a massive, thick trunk, impossibly thick, many arm lengths around so large that Peggy wished that, that there was a door at its base so that she could crawl her way in and sleep. Sanctum. Sanctum. Peggy sounded the word out in her mind. Sanctum. What did that word mean? It felt special, and from where she stood, felt a world apart from the forest she'd played in, jumping between logs, playing hide and seek, but then again, she was much deeper than she'd ever dreamt of going alone. 
As Peggy found herself in awe and amazement, Edith stepped forward, tentatively staring at the tree that stood at the center of the circular clearing. Her eyes spoke volumes. They were dark as she lowered her brow as she examined the rocky roots that split the moss in odd spots as they rushed away from the trunk of the tree. Peggy watched and listened as Edith uncomfortably cleared her throat anxiously as she peered up at the many branches that blotted out the sky above. Big, long branches that bulged with almost muscle and meat-like cords of wood. The old woman fell to her knees. She began to pant in short, panicked breaths. Peggy cringed as she watched the elderly woman dig her nails into the earth, ripping away the soft moss and grinding her fingertips against the coarse earth beneath it. Frantically, she shoveled the futility of her actions lost to her in her mania. Her fingernails peeled back as she shoved her hands into the earth and Peggy's mouth, which had been open and all, was now curled at the edges with horror as she watched as the old woman brought her hands out of the earth, tipped in dirt, black and dampened by the blood that seeped from her pale skin. And then she heard it. Peggy could hear the behemoth breathe above her and shake. The branches cracked and twisted. The bark inhaled and exhaled, cracking and peeling in places as the wooden lungs of the tree contracted in what sounded like laughter. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The Fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open. Or perhaps you'd rather help build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die. In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free, as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. Mm-hmm.
the 